We've got a lot going on in the world of Kentucky bourbon. We'll talk about that next on the Access Louisville podcast. Promising you a neat discussion. Stick around. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Haley Coffin. Hi there. And Jason Thomas. What it is. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. In addition to making terrible jokes in the intro, we also bring you the latest news and sharp opinions about what's going on here in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, we're going to start off with bourbon today. Um, that's a good Ooh. way to start any day. Oh, right, yeah. Jason? Here's uh, that. <laughs> you wrote about uh, one of the bigger bourbon projects going on in, around town, uh, and that is the Angels Envy Distillery. What's what's Angels up to? Yeah, they're expanding their uh, downtown distillery tour there on Main Street. It's going to add 13,000 square feet there, mm-hmm. and there's going to be a lot more room to taste their bourbon. They're having uh, five new tasting rooms there, um, yeah. an additional bar space. They're adding an event space with a full catering and kitchen so you can pair dinners with some private gatherings. And they're also <laughs> doing a designated room for a bottle your own experience. Oh, so, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I first, bottle. sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> right. uh, when I first, you know, read about it, I kind of got the sense that it would be a while, but then I drove past Angels Envy and that thing's going like they're already under construction and uh, looks like they got the facade up there on, it's on Main Street right across from Louisville Slugger Field. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, they're expected to open in, in spring twenty. 20- 22. Um, you think we're eventually going to see a uh, a bourbon bust? We've got the bur- bourbon boom, but is there an end in sight with this? Or are we just going to ride this wave for uh, forever? I was thinking that it was over like in 2020, but yeah. now Angels Envy's got another project. Right. I just wrote about this um, this effort that there's an investment club, basically not a club, <laughs> and that's a bad way to put it. There's an investment group um that is seeking investment in bourbon where people can buy bourbon barrels and sell it and they see huge upside for it um and that's and there's already like more demand than there is supply so yeah maybe there's going to be a bourbon bust um but it's nowhere in sight um, yeah it's not right it's not here right now i will add that um maybe it already happened because in the 1960s bourbon was huge and then uh, in the 70s and 80s, it started trailing out as more uh, clear liquors started hitting the market. So maybe that was the bourbon boom back then. And now what we're seeing is just the normalization of the market. So oh, seltzer is going to take over everything. So bourbon. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let's see here. I, you know where I went this week? Speaking of bourbon, I went to the uh, Bro Brothers Distillery, which is in mm. the Park Hill neighborhood. It's definitely uh, kind of a like a smaller uh, operation compared when you compare it with something like Angels Envy or some of the distilleries that are just down the street from Bro Brothers, which are Brown Foreman Distillery and Heaven Hill Distillery. But it was interesting uh, just to look at that operation and see kind of their strategy. They said they invested about they, they wouldn't put any exact dollar figures on it. But uh, they said they invested, you know, within like the six figure range 
uh, to take a building. And, uh, you know, they put in a, they had two stills, one's copper, one's steel, and um, they're kind of uh, just getting out to the market. Uh, they made their debut, debut, I think, last year. Jason, you've tried Bro Brothers, right? I have. I have a bottle upstairs right now as we speak. It's. Yeah. Um, I was surprised at how smooth it was, given its relatively young age. And yeah, um, yeah I thought it was pretty good. I'm um, no bourbon aficionado, but it was all right by mine. Yeah, and uh, you know, and this that distillery's gotten a lot of fame. It's, the, it's Kentucky's first black-owned distillery, yeah. um, and has Kentucky's first uh, black. Uh, excuse me, Kentucky's first black master distiller, and. Um, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's gotten a lot of uh, kind of attention from people who want to see more diversification in the bourbon market, mm-hmm. which typically there's not been a lot of minority entrepreneurs in that market. So it's promising to see. Um, I hope, I wish them luck. I actually haven't tried uh, Bro Brothers Bourbon. Um, I kind of like always wait just to see what the, the reviews are on bourbon. I will say it's not uh, very uh, high priced. So it's, probably easy to check it out. I think the price range was in like the like 27 or $37 range. I can't remember, but um, you know, a lot of the times these younger bourbon brands get on the scene and they're $75 for a bottle. <laughs> and I'm like, no, thanks. I ain't paying that for a, a product I don't know about, but uh, yeah. at least uh, bro brothers has an accessible price point, uh, which yeah. is probably a good strategy. Uh, you know, if you're trying to get yourself a foothold in the marketplace. So it's three brothers, right? Yes, three brothers, uh, Christian, Victor, and Bryson Yarborough. Uh, and uh, I think if I'm remembering correctly, uh, uh, Bryson is the the master distiller, and he's kind of more hands-on with the process. And then the other two brothers have uh, different roles. One's marketing, and one's kind of leading the company as CEO. So uh, Victor's re- leading the company as uh, CEO, and Christian is the in marketing. Um, I don't want to be... It's a small well, space. Are they going to do tours there, or...? They are going to do tours by appointment. Um, and yeah, it is small. It's, uh, I can't remember the exact square footage, but it was, uh, 2000. I think that sounds right. Um, so small building, uh, one room, they have a kind of a tasting and uh, retail area. And then another room, they have the uh, distilling operations. They're cool. aging right there in the same room. Uh, they're making one barrel a week. So you talk about like a craft operation, like that is craft operation, you know? Yeah. I'm good um, for them, man. That's awesome. Let me see what that script says. New, New riff. riff. New riff. Did you write about New Riff or did I did? That was Cincinnati. I, That's all right. I so was, New, but I got New, the story up here. I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say. <laughs> so New Riff is not a local distillery, but I wanted to mention it. It's in Florence, yeah. Kentucky. Uh, is that right? It's, no, it's in it's Newport, actually. Newport. Yeah, I yeah. knew it was uh, up in northern Kentucky, but they've yeah, got yeah. an expansion going on as well. Right. Yeah, they just broke ground on an 800-square-foot expansion. Uh, let's see, it's a $2 million expansion. So it's going to boost their capacity by 50%, their product, production by 50%. So mm-hmm. 8,000 barrels per year to 12,000 barrels. So I uh, have not been up there to see that place, but I have tried it. There was a tasting at uh, Meta the, when we were still in the office. I think it was yeah. the last... Uh, last year sometime but um they had a lot of different varieties and it was it was pretty darn good yeah not as good so, as the louisville stuff but yeah anyway we'll switch gears here uh go from bourbon to restaurants always funny to talk about 
in regards to restaurants locally. Haley, you just wrote about a chain that opened up here in Louisville after initially establishing a foothold in the market in Southern Indiana. So tell us about that. Yeah, uh, Chicken Salad Chick is opening its first Louisville location later this year. Um, I was unfamiliar with the Chicken Salad Chick name until it was announced at Veterans Parkway uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Veterans Parkway in between Jeffersonville and Clarksville um, within the Jeffersonville Town Center. It's kind of a big development that's had a lot of growth in it pretty mm-hmm. recently. That's also where Torchy's Tacos is now for, for that reference. But uh, hadn't ever heard chicken salad chick and then people were just enthralled with it. <laughs> um, yeah. and I'm, and I'm like, okay, I guess chicken salad is a thing. Um, because it would definitely not be like, I would not go to a restaurant that, you know, advertises itself Only as the premier chicken salad. <laughs> chicken salad place, but people love it. Um, and they, they love perfect? it. I know. <laughs> um, and people love it so much that, uh, chicken salad chick is looking to have five to six locations in Louisville is what the chief marketing officer told me. So that's a lot of chicken salad. Um, <laughs> um, so there are two types of chicken salad. There's like, and, and this is me just coming at it as a consumer. I'm not, I, I didn't, I didn't cover the chicken salad uh, beat for seven years the way I did with the bourbon beet. But um, there's that whole mayonnaise affair. That's like tuna salad or, um, egg salad and then there's like just salad that has like chicken in it like something you'd buy at chick-fil-a um so which brand of chicken salad is do you know um i'm trying to it, google it, it here <laughs> it, it is it's like the tuna and egg salad oh, really? it's, okay. it's the mixture okay, okay. Um, it's the it, mixed up chicken salad. yes no it's not like a grilled chicken salad where like it's just like strips of chicken on a salad because oh okay yeah i'm at the website now. how many so... different products can you have with that kind of just chicken salad um quite a few i guess <laughs> but um speaking of being a cynic about mayonnaise and <laughs> mixtures um it makes me think of coleslaw and how coleslaw is made with like vinegar versus like the creamy coleslaw and uh i'm just like not a fan of that either so i wonder if that's been a a contributing factor as to why i'm like i don't need chicken salad i don't need potato salad i don't need anything that's like a main ingredient mixed with mayonnaise (laughs) i i guess that's like uh, anti-Midwest of me, anti-Midwestern. So I like that. I like all the above salad. I guess I don't like potato salad as much, but, uh, tuna salad, chicken salad, egg salad, the, the mayonnaise ones. Um, I like them. Like I wouldn't want to only go to a restaurant or go to a restaurant that only sells them. But, um, but generally if someone offers me uh, a chicken salad sandwich, you know, that sounds okay to me. And just to reference, I don't think I, uh, said this in my initial initial opening about chicken salad chick opening in louisville it's going to middletown um off of shelbyville road and a former raising canes location so right. they're renovating right. that space it's going to cost them about three hundred thousand dollars and they're expecting to be open this fall so just yeah. to clarify on where it's going <laughs> kind of important <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah we we got off topic and you know started and just started railing <laughs> on chicken salad yes. chicken i hope salad we weren't too mean Chicken salad poutine, huh? I don't know about that. Chicken salad on fries? I'm trying to think how many different ways you can do chicken salad. Uh, on toast is pretty much how I do it. If I do, yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, or I think it's they on serve a it like on here. crescent rolls. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that that's looks a good pretty one. good. The, yeah. the real question is, that, David, there's also another kind of chicken salad with or without grapes. 
or with or without walnuts. Ooh, I've seen walnuts and grapes, grapes and chicken salad, especially uh, grapes. So the, I think the great I get the grapes one sometimes. They sell it at Kroger, and I, I think it's good with grapes. But I, uh, I like it also without grapes. I think that's a Louisville thing. The uh, is the it? grapes, yeah, might be. And <laughs> we should mention that Chicken Salad Chick has both. Um, they have like chicken salad without grapes, and ah, they have chick ah. and, and they have fruity chicken salads that has like Fuji apples and seedless grapes there and pecans. No, there are. I guess you can make a whole menu. Out it's of like ice cream salad. flavors. Like they have scoops, but <laughs> flavors of chicken salad. Um, Possible chicken. They have no. a chicken salad BLT. That sounds pretty good. Mm. I mean, it has bacon. Yeah. So it's anything. I think we're bacon. just gross and poor Haley out. She's <laughs> not into this at all. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, switching gears here off of Middletown, we'll go to St. Matthews. Um, uh quills just had um some news about what they're doing in saint matthews right the coffee shop yeah quills is moving off of saint matthews avenue over just just around the corner to this uh redeveloped space that was the former um oh shoot now the name's gonna escape me was it the former bacon's yes Yes, yes, that's it. The former Bacon's building. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so they're moving into that development into what sounds like a really nice space. And um, it's going to have a whole bar and everything. Um, and that move is happening later this year um, once the space is completed. Yeah. It seems like coffee shops are definitely benefiting from uh, the, you know, kind of return flow of people uh, back to to meetings and stuff. I was at Quills earlier this week and it was, it was definitely bustling there. Uh, it's Which good to- Quills? I was at the firehouse. Uh, I was going to say the firehouse is always packed. I'm there <laughs> once a week yeah. and like, it's hard to find a table to work at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was a, uh, it was a nice long line going out the door when I was, when I got there too. So, uh, so yeah, it seems like people are definitely jumping back into it. So that's a uh, pretty interesting news there in St. Matthews. Uh, I know uh, Heine brothers also has a location in St. Matthews. So coffee shop yeah. wars, uh, <laughs> be sure to take our coffee shop poll online too. We had a coffee shop poll this week. Yeah. We it was today. just on downtown uh, yeah. coffee shops though. Not ones active. that are farther out. Yeah. It's still active. It's active for a whole month. And Ooh, nice. um, yeah. So I decided to go with downtown coffee shops because coffee was, meetings. Yeah. Coffee meetings. <laughs> uh, where's the best place to have a coffee meeting? Because uh, as I started doing the, you know, looking at coffee shops, there's like a hundred of them. So I didn't want to have a list with a hundred of them. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, okay, how about the Yelp top 10 from downtown? And that's, uh, that's what I went with on the, uh, on which ones made the uh, coffee shop poll. But uh, anyway, uh, you didn't have my uh, bean and schnitzelberg. That's my go-to. Coffee I know. And I missed Like I got a bunch of emails about it. Oh, you <laughs> didn't get this to... one. What about yeah. Fanties? You know? And I'm like, I love Fanties, but it's just, you know, I just stuck with this list. Uh, and you know, that's, you know, mainly stayed downtown. And I explained in my story, uh, downtown could use the love anyway, just because, uh, you know, it's had a difficult year with, with office workers being out and, and, you know, so, um, so anyway, um, switching gears here, last topic of the day, uh, tonight is the SPJ, uh, annual awards, um, event and, uh, SPJ society professional journalist. So it's when all the, all the media in town come together and, uh, we have this awards program. Uh, it's kind of, uh, fun to catch up with, uh, folks we know from other media outlets, you know, we've all kind of bounced around, um, you know, to various outlets in town. 
not all of us, but a lot of us have and kind of know uh, colleagues from across the uh, the industry. So um, I thought a fun question Haley uh, posed earlier was, uh, what's the what's a common misconception that people have about journalists? And uh, since it, Haley, you came up with the question, I bet you have a good answer. So uh, why, don't you, why don't you start us off here? Yeah, I would say uh, the most common one that I've seen, at least through social media channels where, you know, people... Um, you know, kind of ridicule, ridicule journalists a lot, uh, especially in like Facebook comment sections. Um, but it's the misconception that we make a lot of money doing what we do. Um, oh, yeah. And especially, I think maybe TV broadcasters get the worst end of the deal for, for this, because um, I would assume that most people assume since they're on TV, they have a lot of money or are getting paid a lot of money to be on TV. Um, but I would say, you know, most people don't understand that a lot of us, um, especially early on in our careers, like barely made a living wage. <laughs> um, you know, we're just scraping by for a long time. And, you know, even as you get further along in your career, you're still not, you know, rolling in the dough yeah. <laughs> as a journalist. That's none of us get into this profession, you know, expecting to make a lot of money or even hoping to make a lot of money. We do it because we like to talk to people and we like to write about people. Yeah. Um, that's one thing when I was, I remember going in, in college, people saying, oh, it doesn't make a lot of money. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not really in it for the money. And then I got into it and I was like, oh, you mean it makes almost no, no money. It doesn't just not make a lot of money. <laughs> what did your guys' first jobs pay? I don't remember, but I think it was around $11 an hour or something. And that was maybe... 20 years ago. So my, my first, first full oh, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say my first full-time one was $10 an hour. Um, it might I was, have been, yeah. I can't really remember. Um, and then you're, you're younger than me. So I want to say that if you made 10, maybe I made less, but honestly, I know this was a big question on Twitter uh, a while back, but, uh, but I can't, I can't remember how much it was. It wasn't very much. I know that. So, <laughs> I think I made just about as much. Um, I had a retail job before yes. and I think I made as much or more working retail than I did, um, <laughs> as a journalist starting out. So I can't remember mine, but it was awful. Started off at a little newspaper, 5,000 circulation, little town north of Indianapolis. It was, yeah. It was, what do you what town was it? Frankfurt, the Frankfurt, uh, the Frankfurt hot dogs. Yeah, oh, nice. I've been to Frankfurt. I started off in Carrollton, and I only worked there for like six months. But uh, that nice little river town. I think maybe I'll retire there someday. It's uh, a beautiful area. Lovely little town, and uh, I wish like I, I left kind of quick. I got another job opportunity, but I kind of like. I mean, I don't super regret it or anything, but I was like, I probably could have stayed there and like learned a little more and like been in this cute little river town <laughs> for a little longer. But uh, yeah, but I will say, I know, get, hindsight's twenty twenty. So <laughs> I didn't get paid much, but I yeah, I learned so much that first job. I was there a couple of years. I started off as a sports editor, so I had to learn how to design and mm -hmm. you know edit from the stringers and that kind of thing. So yeah, you yeah. a lot, but you just don't get paid. Yeah. Yeah. And I learned that same, same with me. Like we got to learn design and we didn't have a photographer. So we got to learn about photography and, you know, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So, um, Jason, how about you on this question? What's a misconception people have about journalists? 
I think a lot of people think journalists are extroverts when in fact, most of us are actually introverts. There's yeah. actually a study done about this where most journalists are introverts. And I, and I was a skeptic about this. And then I really started to kind of look internally about who I am as a person. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm probably more of an introvert than an extrovert though. Most of my friends and family would label me an extrovert right off the bat, but yeah. I'm an introvert for sure. Um, yeah. I would think that most journalists are introverts. It kind of seems like that to me anyway, um, yeah. just from dealing with a lot of journalists over the course of 20 years. <laughs> and a lot of us are like, I don't think this is a misconception at all. I would say a lot of us are pretty awkward, like just in general. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah but um, like in the movies, journalists are kind of smooth talking and, and stuff right. like yes, that. Yes, they're but, very suave. Yeah. Like I think like the of, Clark Gables. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think of um, this movie, L.A. Confidential. I can't remember who played the character, but he was like this knew everybody in town, always got the scoop kind of journalist. And uh, and he was like, he was a bad journalist. I think the police, he was like in the police's pocket or something, you know, um, good movie, but, you know, had a lot of stereotypes in it. But, uh, um, you know, he was like this smooth talking guy and got the scoop and like he, his publication was called Hush Hush. And uh, and I always like kind of thought like, oh, man, this guy's so cool. But um, but yeah, I don't think most journalists are like that in real life. <laughs> right. Uh, one thing I found, I don't know if this is a misconception or I don't know how to express that it's a misconception, but a lot of journal, a lot of people are scared when you start talking. And I don't know if the misconception is that the journalist is out to get you, or if the misconception is this journalist is an idiot and he's going to screw up the story. (laughs) But uh, I know a lot of people are, uh, you know, when you first start talking to people, especially business people, you say, I'm a journalist. Um, They're like, oh my God, are you quoting me right now? What? And then you're kind of like, no, no, hang on, (laughs) chill, chill. Let's Uh. talk this out. Here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I need from you. Uh, you know, you want to think about it. You can call me back. You know, I'll try and I'll just like put people yeah. at ease and be like, okay, we're not, you're not on the, you're not on camera broadcast <laughs> worldwide right now. Okay. We can just talk this out and uh, <laughs> we can decide what you want. You know, if you want to put some info about this project out, you know, let me know because yeah. I want to talk about it. And if you don't, uh, then, you know, keep me in mind for when you do want to talk about it. And, you know, so you kind of have to like put people at ease. I've, found that that's the number one thing that I have to do as a journalist is like just talk people down because they think like when you ask them a question that like you're on the record just then Uh, and sometimes you are like if you're at a city council meeting or something but uh, if you're just you know interviewing a business owner then I don't think uh, they get that (laughs) yeah people also think that journalists will like do anything for a story or a scoop you know what was the Clint Eastwood movie recently about Richard Jewell the bomber uh, the uh, Atlanta Olympics. Oh, uh, that looked good, but I didn't see it. I can't. I can't <clears throat> yeah, the big controversy was that is that he insinuated that the woman who kind of broke that story like slept with somebody to get the story, and it was all yeah. kind of controversy. That is the most like like every female journalist like portrayed in media sleeps with somebody, and it's like <laughs> right. the worst stereotype. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like oh great, this again. You know, uh, that was like uh, House of Cards. I think of that. You know show on netflix and that you know of course that's what the journalist did and then it was like oh great no wonder everybody you know uh, thinks terribly a journalist but <laughs> i mean I accidentally so it's, it's a member me blaming the, the media but uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh anyway um but yeah so uh i don't know anything else you guys want to add on this one this is my my usual fun question that got a little serious this time <laughs> <laughs> It's my fault. 
<laughs> we were talking about awkward moments earlier, though. There was a time when I was hung, hanging up the phone with a source, and I told them that I loved them. Oh, that's so. <laughs> you just get into you know you think about it. who am I talking to? You kind of forget like is this my girlfriend or somebody? I love you. You just so used to. It. Well, it's, it's so like funny. it's like when you're in grade school and you call your teacher mom. <laughs> yeah, 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 same deal. <laughs> and then like for the rest of grade school, you're the kid who called the teacher mom. <laughs> um, I'll I'll go in with an embarrassing moment as a journalist. Um, I've like been in an hour long interview where someone has like called me by the wrong name the whole time and I just never corrected them and so they still think I'm that person and not the, <laughs> not the person I am because um, I was just too shy and it was too far gone to like go back and be like no I'm at, my name is actually Haley <laughs> uh, anyway fun discussion uh, I will I will wrap the show up there because I think we're we're running long here um that's all we have this week before we go i guess we will go around the room you guys can share uh your social media handles where people can find you on social Haley, i'll start with you on this one yeah you can find me on twitter at bf lou Haley or linkedin at Haley coffin coffin not cawthorn <laughs> or hawthorne or hawthorne <laughs> all right uh jason where can people find you you can find me on twitter and instagram at scoop thomas and I'm on LinkedIn a lot, just under my name, Jason Thomas. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at dman3001, man with two ends. You can also find me on LinkedIn under my name, David Mann. Uh, if you like this podcast, you can find it on popular podcast services such as Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you very much, Haley and Jason. Thank you guys for listening to us talk about our dumb journal problems there at home. And uh, we'll see you next time.